The time has come. NLDS Game 1 begins on Tuesday night. I have a crossover episode with me and Connor Thomas of Locked On Phillies where we break down everything that you would possibly want to know about this matchup, the weaknesses for each team, what both teams can expect, who's going to step up on the biggest stage, and who comes through in this series. We cover all that in this crossover episode of Locked On Braves and Locked On Phillies. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you follow or download the Lockdown Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire devices where you can get this podcast as well as the postcast feed with me and Grant McCauley. And I just want to let you know that me and Grant will be on after every postseason game with the Atlanta Braves. So again, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube, as well as Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. And as always, thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen each and every day. Because I would say episodes five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Now, this is going to be a crossover episode. Connor Thomas hosting it, uh, host of Locked On Phillies, is going to be driving the conversation. But we go back and forth, just a really good conversation talking about the NLDS the Braves and the Phillies breaking down the matchup and talking about the biggest points for the series what concerns each of us the most about each team going into this five game series should be a lot of fun as Connor points out you know this is predicted to be one of the tighter NLDS matchups I think it will be a very entertaining series I did make my prediction in the crossover so I'll make it here I got the Braves in four games but it really comes down to that first game. The Braves can win that first game with Max Fried on the mound. Then you got Wheeler and Nola in the next two. If you split those, then I think the Braves have a serious advantage in games four and games five, especially depending on the health of Spencer Strider and how long he's able to go, if he's able to go. So I do think the Braves take it in four games, but I think it's going to be, you know, these two teams are very evenly matched, as me and Connor talked about. They both get things done in similar fashions, but I do think the depth of the Braves, the depth of their lineup, their rotation, and that bullpen is ultimately the difference. But it should be a very fun, entertaining series, and I hope you enjoy uh, this conversation with me and Connor. Make sure that you check back with us after each and every game. As again, me and Grant McCauley will be doing the postcast, and then I'll have my own separate Lockdown Braves podcast after each and every game as well. But here's our conversation with Connor. All right, let's bring in Jake Mastriani, the host of Locked On Braves. You can follow him on Twitter at shortstopball. Uh, and, of course, I'm your host, Connor Thomas, of Locked On Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies and Locked On Braves your first listen every day, both free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube, the Odyssey app, wherever you consume your content. Jake, good to talk to you, man. Uh, I'm sure you've had a much less stressful couple of days uh, than we have over here in uh, Phillies land, just hanging out there waiting to see who you would face. Uh, how's 
everything going and how excited are you to finally see playoff baseball with your team sitting out for like what five days between their last game yeah it's been nice and obviously after seeing our our division rival the Mets go out over the weekend uh so certainly good. it is so good so glad that we uh, avoided that after a big series sweep over them towards the end of the season but it was a lot of fun I enjoyed um, the action that ninth inning there in game one of that Philly series, obviously very exciting for for you guys, not so much for Cardinals fans, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the new addition to the postseason. That was a lot of fun, a fun weekend. Yeah, you know what? I saw so many tweets about it too. Of like, it, it's cool to see teams that either choke it away like the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals ended up losing in two games anyway because the Phillies are a wagon, and we'll talk about plenty of that <laughs> today. But for teams that had like a rough first game, and then well, the only series that went three games was Mets Padres. But yeah. still, uh, you look at it as getting another opportunity. You get two exciting games instead of one, uh, and it's a huge benefit for teams like the Braves who had that buy because now. It's not just like Zach Wheeler threw one wild card game and the Phillies are coming in and we're down one pitcher. Our top two guys have thrown already. So a big advantage for the Braves, at least in the pitching matchup that way. But there's plenty of things to get into today as we preview this series. The health of Spencer Strider, uh, who is significantly richer today uh, than uh, how he woke up. Uh, some other stuff going on with the rotation. We'll get into that. But the first thing I want to talk about is that layoff. Uh, you know the team well. You you follow them. You saw the team last year in a playoff setting, and uh, they did pretty well. I think they took home a World Series championship, yeah, like if I remember correctly. Uh, are you worried at all about the layoff and rust, or do you trust kind of the uh, the ability of this team to know they've been here already and to play consistent baseball all year long? Does that put you at ease when it comes to the five-game layoff while the Phillies have been playing? Yeah, the five days, that is pretty significant. I mean, normally you'd have to wait at least three days, you know, before the postseason began because you'd have those one game wild card series. So you did have to wait a little bit. Five days, you know, for a in a baseball, you know, baseball game, a sport of baseball, which is so routine every day, right. that does worry you a little bit, but I actually think it's gonna be a benefit to the Braves. You know, we're gonna talk about Strider, but they had some guys there at the end. You know, they needed to get healthy. Even Kyle Wright was dealing with a little bit of arm fatigue and was needing some extra rest so look if this was their first time going into the postseason you know and they had a bunch of guys that hadn't been there before I maybe would be a little bit more worried but the fact these guys did just win a world series it's their fifth straight trip to the postseason I think they're better prepared you know to handle that rest and know how to stay locked in it and it may I mean they're facing Zach Wheeler in a day game which they've struggled to score anyway so it would not surprise me if they're a little or they're not facing Zach Wheeler game one but you know still I would not surprise me if the Braves offense is a little sluggish coming out but you know I trust these guys know how to prep for this and be ready for it so I'm not too worried about it and anything like I said I think it's a bigger advantage because they got a chance to get some guys healthy yeah, for sure. And uh, luckily, the Phillies kind of got that time down the stretch because they found their way in. Not on the last day, but pretty close to it. But still, they took some time with Zach Wheeler on the injured list. He came back a little slower from a late injury that he needed to. Uh, so that got him some rest. And they had the ability to build their rotation out for the postseason. So both these teams remarkably healthy coming into this game. That, that's a really good sign and not one that uh, everyone really has right now. So, I mean, that's good. When you play a playoff opponent, uh, especially when you get to the NLDS, the NLCS, the World Series, you kind of want everyone to be healthy just for, one, the entertainment value, and two, for it to be like a, as good competitive as a series as possible. And the season series between these two teams shows that this is going to be a pretty competitive one. We got waxed by the Mets, but for some reason, we always play you guys well. 
you guys always play us well. And it's always really uh, an interesting competitive series. Uh, what's your overall look in at this series when you think about the Philadelphia Phillies as an opponent? Because for us, we're seeing a world champion baseball team, uh, a team that ended up winning our division, was on a, a crazy pace in the regular season. For my money, over the past two months, the best team in baseball. And that's intimidating going into a playoff series. Is there worry about the Phillies? Uh, and there always is in the playoffs, right? Yeah. But how comfortable are you with where the Braves are right now in a matchup with the Phillies? Yeah, I mean, I said this going into the postseason. The National League, I think, is just so deep. You know, any team that got in, I could see getting hot, you know, and going on a run in the postseason. So it's not going to be an easy matchup. It definitely, you know, gives me some cause for concern and worry when you have guys like Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Yeah, they're going to have to get pushed back because you had to play that wild card series, but you're still going to get them in games two and games three. And you look at the fact that home runs, as we saw in wild card, weekend you know play up a lot in the postseason the Phillies have a lot of big home run hitters in their lineup I mean I think the two teams are very comparable now I do think the Braves are a little bit deeper I think they're the better team overall but are you telling me the Phillies if the Phillies win three out of five that would not shock me at all I mean I don't think it's that huge of a gap I mean it's it's postseason baseball it's whoever you know gets hot at the right time Braves definitely saw that last year with what they did in the postseason so I, I think it's you know two very comparable teams I know the win differential might not show that um, but again you look at the head-to-head between these two teams and it does show that they are very comparable I think the Billy's bullpen has gotten much better I do think that is a little bit of an advantage for the Braves there but again you look at the starting rotation and Max Reed at the top, you know, can go toe-to-toe with Wheeler or Nola. But after that, you know, Kyle Wright's been solid all year. Charlie Morton's been a question mark. And the biggest one is all is Spencer Strider. Look, if he's healthy, I feel significantly more confident, not about just the Braves in this series, but going forward in the playoffs. If he's not, that's a big miss for the Braves because he's been so huge this year for them. He's a dominant-type pitcher, which plays up in the postseason, and he's 4-0 against the Phillies this year. So, you know, certainly would love to see him out there if he's capable, you know, whether or not he is and how long he can go. You know, that remains to be seen. But that is, you know, a big swing in this series is the health of Spencer Strider. Yeah. Now, I did see today when he was in his uh, his press conference uh, about his signing his new extension, which you guys do in Atlanta so much, getting these guys done pre-arb to get them signed to well below market value contracts. Alex Anthopoulos is unbelievable. But I saw he said he threw off the mound and felt really good. But does that mean I feel good enough to start or does that mean I feel good enough to go seven, eight dominant innings and and look incredible? But he's he's what, 23 still younger than that? Yeah. Yeah. So you you bounce back a little bit faster at that age. Uh, we'll see if he's healthy and the rotation, the way it's set up, it's freed right. And then we'll see who it would be in game three, whether that would be Strider or Morton. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. the way it's lined up right now. I want to run something by you while we're talking starting pitching with the Phillies because it's an interesting setup. Uh, right now, Ranger Suarez is definitely going to throw tomorrow's afternoon game, game one. And he's had moments where he's really good, but he hasn't been as consistently good, obviously, as Wheeler and Nola. Uh, and then Wheeler is lined up for game two. Nola lined up for game three to mimic the rotational uh, order that they had against the Cardinals. Uh, But I'm thinking about the rest that they have, and they would both be throwing on short rest. Wheeler just coming off a break. Nola with uh, an incredibly high inning count compared to other major league pitchers. I'm thinking Bailey Falter, if the Phillies win game one in Atlanta, they might try and throw Falter out there in game two so that Wheeler and Nola get full rest, and you can give them six days each. 
Yeah, so extra rest and then throw them in three and four in Philly. But I don't know how you feel about that, like pushing pitchers to kind of get more rest in a playoff series where it's winner go home if you lose three games. Uh, so I, I don't know. Would you push Braves pitchers like maybe Strider? If he tells you he could use an extra day, would you push him? Or would you take like 70% Spencer Strider because you need a game? Yeah, I've thought about that myself with Strider is if the Braves get game one, you know you, you're likely getting Willer and Nola in games two and three, if they, they go the way that I think they will, you mm-hmm. split one of those and then you save Strider for game four, where I think the Braves are going to have a big advantage if this series goes four and five games. I think that's where the Braves have an advantage because you're likely only going to get Wheeler and Nola once in this series. You may get Wheeler, you know, on a short rest, maybe coming out of the bullpen to close the game out or something if the Phillies wanted to do that, but you're likely only going to get one shot at those guys. So, you can split those two. I think you feel really good about the rest of the series for the Braves, whether they have to, whether they use Strider in game three or maybe they save him, give another day of rest and start him in game four. I think that's where the Braves, you know, ultimately get that benefit of winning the division and hosting and being able to line up their rotation. So I think game one, obviously game one of any series is very pivotal, but especially I think for the Braves side of things, because you get game one with Max Reed on the mound, and then you're going up against Wheeler and Nola. Again, you just split those two, and I feel really good about the chances of the Braves winning this series. So game one, as you might imagine, in a five-game series, very pivotal for both teams. Absolutely. Listen, we, we just played three, so it's going to feel even less stressful compared to what we just had against the Cardinals, but still matters a lot. And when you're messing with the rotation like that, uh, it, it's a gamble. It's a bet. And uh, speaking of bets, well, let's tell you about our friends over at Bet Online who bring us today's program because BetOnline.net is your number one source Uh, for football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts in-depth articles and analysis as always bet online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information you got live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there mlb mma boxing golf it's the fun and easiest way to check in on all of those favorite sports games events everything you got so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more bet online it's where the game starts now we got emailed some odds by our friends over at bet online for the nlds and the alds i'm not sure if you looked at those when they came out uh this morning jake but uh, i found it interesting the best odds for an underdog are the philadelphia phillies at plus 170 so according to our friends over at bet online we've got the most competitive of the divisional series ahead of us. At least that's what the odds say, but hey, you never know how it's actually going to play out. So uh, this is going to be a really exciting series, uh, and there's concerns on either side. Uh, so I want to ask you, first off, looking at the Phillies, and then I'll ask you your concerns when you look at your own roster and the Braves. But what is your biggest concern uh, about the Philadelphia Phillies roster coming in? Is it the Wheeler-Nola duo? Is it the lineup potentially getting hot with some big bats that can leave the yard? What are you most worried about? Yeah, I think Wheeler Nola is what you worry about most because those two are capable of going out there and throwing sh- seven, you know, shutout innings, you know, anytime they pitch. So that's definitely worries you. And then it is the two big left-handed hitters for me. It's Schwarber and it's Harper. We know what Harper can do. I know he had a, a home run over the weekend against the Cardinals in that game too. You know, he gets hot. He can carry an offense. And again, it's a short series, five-game series. So, uh, I mean, it, you know, every impact is is definitely inflated, but – you know, Schorber led the National League in home runs. You know, for me, it all comes down to home runs in this series. And both teams are top six in home runs. Both teams mm-hmm. are top six in preventing home runs from their pitching staff. So 
you know, whoever's going to be able to come up with those big home runs, who's ever going to be able to get home runs with runners on base, I think is what ultimately determines the series. So those two in particular, those left-handed bats, you got that short, you know, fence in the chop house in right field in Atlanta. Um, obviously, we know the ball can fly out in Philly at times. So yep. uh, those are the two guys, you know, Wheeler and Nola, Schwarber and Harper on the offensive side. Those are the two biggest worries for me in this series. Yeah, I, listen, I don't blame you at all with that. If I was in your shoes, that's who I'd be looking at as well. Because this lineup uh, at the end of the season wasn't really consistently hitting the ball. Uh, they didn't really consistently hit the ball against the Cardinals. But when you have that, that means you still have guys, though, that can leave the yard any given time. You don't have to put together a good at bat. You have to put together one good swing. So that's where the Phillies probably are the most dangerous. And Wheeler and Nola, are, they're, they're unbelievable when they're going good. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I put it there. Now, when I look at the Braves, it's funny. It's not a specific player. And to say that about a team with so many like talented players and talented arms is crazy. It's just the feeling around the Braves, the confidence that they play with. And it's the pedigree that they come in with being the defending World Series champions. Like Brian Snicker is such a calming influence on that team. Like he's such a, a just easygoing, stable manager that knows, hey, we're going to go out and we're pretty much going to win 100 games from now to forever because we got everybody signed up. And that clubhouse is just guys that really, really believe in the process of the team and that they're better than everybody else. (laughs) And they look like they are. So it's tough to compete against a team that's been there before and won and won with a really tough stretch. It's not like last year you guys came in as the top overall seed in the National League and just ran through everyone because you were better. No, that confidence, though, is scary to me. Uh, and I don't know how you feel about that and the, what it means for them to be the defending World Series champions. But to me, the mentality to that makes them so tough to beat. Yeah, and for me, it's that they still have guys that are hungry. You know, obviously, coming off a World Series championship, you worry about a bit of a letdown. This team was 10 and a half games back. They had the confidence, as you said, to continue to just play their brand of baseball and then ultimately, you know, swept the Mets in that big series towards the end of the year. I mean, that is a team that believes they can win. So I definitely agree with you there. But again, they also have players that are hungry. Matt Olson, not a part of this team last year. You know, he's hungry to win a World Series. Acuna, who if I'm a Phillies fan, I'm worried about him right now. because sure. he, he has not played to the level he's capable of. But now he gets those five days off. And we really seen this year when he's had to take some time off because he was banged up. Because look, let's be honest, he's playing this entire year banged up. But he gets that rest and he gets on that big stage. Uh, I really would fear Acuna in this series that maybe we see him unlock to be the player we know that he is. But again, he wasn't part of that World Series run, at least on the field last year. So you know he's hungry to go out there and win a championship. You got the young guys, you know, Michael Harris. You got Spencer Strider, hopefully, in that rotation. Charlie Morton, who got hurt the first game of the World Series. You know, he wants to bounce back Mm. and see it through to the end. So you still got teams or players on this team that are hungry, motivated to come out, you know, prove it, because there's still people that think, hey, that 88-win team, they just got lucky at the right time. So they still got a chip on their shoulder, too, coming and say, hey, we are a good team. We are one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of baseball. So I think there's still that motivating factor there for this Braves team to get it done again and just put a another stamp of approval on the success of this Braves team, which I think, again, locking up Spencer Strider and that young talent will be here for a while to come. 
Dude, it's ridiculous. We're talking about a world champion baseball team from last year, and you just listed off like six or seven guys that are unbelievable that didn't play in the World Series or like played slightly in Charlie Moore. Like, what are you guys doing down there? Where are you finding these guys? It drives me crazy every day. I wake up wishing that we had that type of, and I don't even know if it's talent evaluation because like other teams find these guys, but locking them up early, buying into the culture, like, Man, it's a it's a really good organization down there in Atlanta. And that's why this next question might be really hard for you. But uh, if you're looking at it, looking introspectively, if you had something that you were worried about with the Braves, like if this happens, they're going to lose to the Phillies. This is what I'm most worried about that could cause them to be done after the NLDS. What would it be that you're most worried about when you look at the Braves? Uh, Strider, like I mentioned, if he's not – able to go and be himself that worries me a lot because that brings to my next worry which is charlie morton who has not pitched like charlie morton this year and if that's your game three starter you know and strider's not able to go deep into a ball game then you're looking at really max freed and and kyle wright and kyle wright's been great he's been one of the more, more consistent pitchers all year to me he's more of a number three than he is a number two for me you need strider to be that co-ace to be the two pitchers like Wheeler and Nola at the top of your rotation. So that's probably my biggest worry is if Strider's not able to go, he's not able to be that co-ace with Max Freed. Can Kyle Wright step up? Can Charlie Morton step up in those two and three spots? I feel good about the, the bullpen overall, but you never know. Bullpens can be month to month sometimes mm -hmm. as Philly fans are, are well aware of yeah, over the sure. past couple of years. I said, like I said, I think they're very improved this year, but you know, you never know in a postseason game. Offensively, I, I feel okay. Uh, I feel pretty good. The Braves up and down the lineup, you know, have power. I do worry about the strikeouts and, you know, the Phillies starters, you know, being able to have some strikeout potential with Wheeler and Nola and then Suarez, who's going to pitch game one, who has a 56% ground ball rate. So, you know, if he can keep the ball on the ground and, and prevent the Braves from getting to their home run power, then I think he can be very effective as he has been at times against the Braves this year. He started against them five times. So, you know, both very familiar with each other. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's my biggest concern is that the Braves, you know, end up striking out too much and not able to get to that power against some good starting pitching that the Phillies have and Strider not being healthy enough to be that co-ace with Max Freed. And then some of the struggles with Charlie Morton continuing to show and the Braves really down to, to Max Freed, maybe a good Kyle Wright, and then kind of question marks after that. Yeah, listen, that's certainly something that we feel as well here in Philadelphia with uh, the offense. And I, I guess that's kind of a natural fear coming into a playoff series is like you go cold for a game or two offensively and all of a sudden your season's over, which is something that sometime in baseball is unavoidable. But the Phillies, I mean, they've been cold for what feels like two, three weeks now offensively. They didn't really open up against the Cardinals uh, off offensively either. They had that big ninth inning, but a lot of those were walks, a hit by pitch with Alec Bohm, a couple ground balls that probably should have been fielded. So my biggest concern when I look at the offensive side of the Philadelphia Phillies is that this lineup isn't consistent. Like Bryce Harper had the home run, but outside of that, he didn't really hit in the Cardinals series or the Astros series or the Marlins. Series. Like he had issues all the way down the stretch. Uh, Nick Castellanos has done nothing. Um, JT Ramuto, who was really good in the final stretch of the season, didn't really do all that much. Like no one did all that much against the Cardinals. And you can get away with that uh, when half their lineup is guys that seem like they're over 60 years old, that if they ground <laughs> the ball to anybody, they're walking out of the box. But yeah. now you're playing the defending World Series champions. 
you don't get away with going into the ninth inning down two nothing uh, against Atlanta. That's not going to work. And I don't think two runs like they had in the series clinching game against the Cardinals gets it done. Like the offense will have to be has to be better. And on the pitching side of the ball, it, it's the depth thing, right? Nolan and Wheeler are good. Suarez is a really good pitcher too, not quite to that level. But after that, it's Bailey Falter who really this year was his first year getting bona fide starter time at the major league level. You're not going to throw anybody else. And the bullpen, there's only like two guys that you trust out of the bullpen, two, three. Eflin, uh, who was a starter for most of this year, and now all of a sudden is good in the bullpen, but he's only made like three relief appearances this season. Uh, David Robertson, who's close to 40 years old, and he's had a good season, but who knows what happens there. And Jose Alvarado, who these guys can only throw so many innings. In a wild card series, cool, but in a five-game series, they have a couple long appearances the bullpen could be in a little bit of trouble. So it's the depth pitching-wise and who throws either game four or game three and what you work out there with the rotation. And then the other guys in the bullpen that will have to throw if the series goes a bit longer. But, hey, it it sounds like the concerns are are rather similar. The difference is the quality of the guys that you have depth-wise are significantly better than I think what the quality of the Phillies' depth is. And that's what happens when you lock guys up for a while uh, and you, you build an organization that holds on to talent. And when they lose a guy like Freddie Freeman, well, they bring in another guy in uh, Matt Olson who's incredible. So uh, at, the, at the risk of giving too many compliments to the Braves and losing all my uh, my listeners <laughs> on Locked on Phillies, the one other thing I want to talk about before we're out of here, because I think we've covered everything that's going on in the series. I need your opinion on the timing of the games. Because to me, the afternoon games are ridiculous by Major League Baseball, and especially a team with home field advantage in this. It hurts home field advantage because you get less uh, uh, fans out to the ballpark. Your first two games are in the middle of the afternoon during the middle of the week. Like, How concerned are you about what that does for the atmosphere uh, and everything going on down there in Atlanta and what that means for just fans in general being able to watch the game? Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to get too much on my soapbox here, but this is (laughs) go ahead, man. No, this is terrible. I mean, it's just absolutely terrible by major league baseball to continue to do this and like i watched the games over the weekend as a fan sitting at home sure i love to get up i got baseball on from 11 till 11 it's it's great you know as a viewer there aren't many people like me who are going to sit down and watch every game of every team for the majority the fans of that team are going to watch that team and that game only why not stagger these games at night? That way everybody gets to play, you know, on somewhat deer in prime time. Mm-hmm. It's a disservice to the fans to make the defending World Series champions play a one o'clock local game in the middle of the week. That is just ridiculous. It's a slap in the face. But, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't care about the fans. They care about money. And that's all it's about. They want to make sure they get as much viewership as possible by one game being on at one time all day long, but it's it's a huge disservice to the fans. And I don't want to sound like I'm griping as a, a Braves fan. This is – I didn't like it doing that to the Guardians over mm-hmm. the weekend who had to play at 12 p.m. Eastern time on both of their games. It's just – it's not fair. At least that was on the weekend. But especially in the middle of a week to ask fans who at the last minute know the time of the game to buy tickets and to take off work to go to these games it's just not fair and you mentioned the atmosphere it's not the same i've been to a braves day game and i've been to a braves night game you know pardon the pun it's day and night i mean you play a night game at turner field the atmosphere is completely different the battery outside is packed you can hear fans yelling outside the stadium 
It's just a completely different atmosphere. So you're taking away an advantage that the Braves earn by earning that home field advantage and being able to play in that atmosphere, which has been so good for the Braves, was so great for them in the postseason last year. You're taking that advantage away. The first two games of the series, they don't get to play at night at all. It's just, it's terrible on Major League Baseball. Look, I know I'm I'm shouting as a Braves fan who's getting yeah. hurt by this, but I wouldn't like it for any team. It's a disservice to any fan of any team to do that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And the Phillies look like they're going to have to deal with it too. Uh, early indication is that the Friday game in Philadelphia might be a four o'clock start, which it's Friday. It's a little bit different for that, but still, this is your first home playoff game in 11 years in Philadelphia. And what, you got to skip out on work early? No. Friday, again, it's different than a Tuesday, Wednesday game. So you guys are getting the tougher end of it. But the scheduling is ridiculous. You brought up the Guardians. The only reason I caught part of their second game is because it went to the damn 15th inning. And <laughs> right. if it hadn't gone that long, I, I wouldn't have seen it because it started so early. Uh, it, it sucks and unfairly to the Braves. I think it might give uh, a little bit, not an advantage to the Phillies, but it takes away a little bit of the advantage of being the home field advantage team of being the higher seed because – the, the atmosphere is different. The environment's different. Uh, I know there can be some trouble with day games uh, for the Atlanta Braves in the past. Is, is that, but that's every team. Like The day game just doesn't feel like playoff yeah. baseball to me. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's a shame what Major League Baseball has done. But outside of that, this is going to be an awesome series. If you could take away the time component and everything baseball is doing to try and hide their sport, it's going to be a really good series. I think they're two really evenly matched teams, which is crazy to say when you look at the win total. But they know each other. It's divisional. It's uh, teams that have seen each other uh, over and over and over again this season and played each other pretty well. And, man, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to have a whole lot of content for everybody on each of our respective shows uh, and every once in a while together, depending on the big news and how the series goes and everything. I have, I have plans with uh, J.D. Halfron of Locked On Cardinals to do some post-game stuff. And then the first game was that big comeback in the ninth <laughs> inning. And we were like, yo, if you don't feel like it, we don't have to. And then the second game was Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright's careers yeah. ending. And it was just like, we ended up not doing it because it would have been just him sad the whole time. But <laughs> hopefully that's not me this series or you. Hopefully it's more competitive. But we're going to have some great stuff. So, Jake, uh, why don't you tell uh, everyone where they can find uh, your work and everything you do for Locked On Braves? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at shortstopball, obviously the host of Locked On Braves and uh, co-editor at tomahawktake.com. You want to read my work in written form. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, of course, you can catch me uh, on 97.5 The Fanatic, uh, local radio here in Philadelphia if you're a local. Uh, my work is uh, hosted Locked On Phillies, and you can follow me on Twitter at ConnorThomas975. And we both want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies and Locked On Braves your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, he's going to be covering everything. I'm sure he's going to have thoughts on the times for the games. He's going to be able to talk you through the other series going on, but Let's be honest. We've already told you about the odds. The most competitive series is right here between Atlanta and Philadelphia. So get locked in on Locked On Phillies, Locked On Braves. we got some great stuff coming for you. And we both hope this isn't our last series of the year. But if it is, we're going to go out with some great content. And we did today. I appreciate you joining me, Jake. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck in the series. I hope you guys don't come out on the winning end. But I, I respect everything the Braves organization does. And the Mets are already gone. So we've already got something to celebrate, <laughs> yeah, right? That's true. We already won one series, right? So uh, Yes, we yeah, did. Good luck to you. Thanks for having me on, Connor. No problem, man. Have a good one. 
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 